Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. episode 81 of victory road a pokemon podcast it's time for another adventure in the world of pokemon i'm your host doug and i'm team suicune because today we are talking about new episodes of the current pokemon anime series pokemon master journeys of course victory road is a production of the four-eyed radio network and is brought to you by revenge lover designs illustration and design to fit your personality for samples and inquiries visit revengelover.com and as always please subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening those ratings and reviews make victory road more visible and as a result much easier to find my special guest host for this episode appeared on the podcast last year to talk about being a poke dad but since i was out for that episode i haven't spoke to him since like 2019 on the show which is uh truly unfortunate so uh i think that was like back before even sword and shield started i think we were just learned about dynamax uh this is victory road's favorite pokemon professor professor spruce aka lee hi lee hello and by the <laughs> way anyone who happened to get a primate from me has to keep it no returns <laughs> <laughs> i forgot what your starters were and that was a delightful uh memory to they're uh, all recall. monkeys they're all monkeys all monkeys <laughs> Uh, what That's was so it? Chimchar, Mankey, and uh, oh crap! Did we have another one? I don't know. I mean, there were there were certainly other monkeys to throw around. I don't know if there were if if you had committed. I don't know if no. If, I don't uh, think Grookey I did. Was too recent. I think the elemental monkeys tend to be uh, polarizing. <laughs> so and I don't we, know if you had don't settled touch, on one. We don't touch the pa- the 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 pan poor pants here. And... <laughs> no, no, th- those. Those don't exist. Yes, so I'm exactly. a terrible Pokemon professor, but you know, don't, don't tell that to the board. I've never, I've never heard of those Pokemon. They must not exist in this part of the world. I'm no, so sorry. No, they, we, we've never heard of them in this region. <laughs> well, Lee, I always ask just to catch up with guests. Uh, what is something in the world of Pokemon that's been piquing your interest lately, or something that you've been doing Pokemon wise? Well, I. Uh... I haven't been doing much. I have actually been terrible about keeping up with my with my uh, sword version, which I really need to get back into it. However, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus has really oh, caught my attention because dude. I'm I'm a big fan of Monster Hunter, and this hits all the check marks on that. So that is I'm, a great point. And so I'm just like, and then there's the whole idea of the the Pokeballs that they have with the weird fireworks launcher on top of it. And I'm like, <laughs> did y'all really happen to create these things out of, out of apricorns? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. They're just, they're just, they're just wood and hard berries. Yeah. That's like, fine. What? <laughs> I am so excited for that game. And it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Mon- uh, monster hunter because I think like the natural comparison that people are making is more based on what they wish they had gotten from sword and shield, which is like, the Breath of the Wild, right? And obviously, right. there's inspiration there. 
Um, but it, it definitely feels very different than that. Uh, visually, it takes cues. Obviously, there's like crafting involved. But I do think Monster Hunter might be maybe a bit more apt because it involves a lot of discovery and like figuring things out in the field and taking that research and then like doing things with it. Right. Um, and that, yeah, I like that. I like that comparison. And that makes more sense thing, to me. It, at least from what I've seen, it takes a more active approach to uh, to battling. Mm-hmm. where you can actively say oh crap this thing's coming after me and it's throwing attacks <laughs> at me i need to get the heck out of dodge yeah. whereas the other games still have that turn-based quality whereas this it's like what kingdom hearts brought to the rpg uh genre where it was more real-time combat mm-hmm. yeah i've seen a lot of comparisons also to like the sort of uh older final fantasy system where certain things that you do affect sort of like battle order and uh, stuff like that. So you can kind of affect, it's not, it's turn-based, but also it's not like locked in or like static turn-based. Right. Um, which I think is really cool. Plus that, like you were saying, the fact that Pokemon can attack you and it has that active element before you engage uh, is going to be really exciting. Like wild area, but like on steroids. And I really think, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that it was kind of... Uh on purpose that they decided to use the the characters that were introduced in in gold and silver well in like the gen 2 no was it gen 2 for this region yeah no that's the, uh the sino uh the gen 4 uh, that is gen 4 okay yeah. i'm when it gets to the 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 older designs my generations kind of start <laughs> flip-flopping so uh, oops well, the, I do think those regions are similar in a number of ways. And I know Kyle and I had talked at certain points about how this style of game going backwards and exploring the history of something would also be perfect for the Johto region because it, yeah. those games did already incorporate a lot of like history that felt similar to what this is doing. So, I mean, that's my hope if they do another one is that they would go to Johto next. But right. um, I am excited that they're exploring some of this older stuff. And maybe we'll get some more voice acting. Ooh, please! That would be nice. Please, <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon. I would love just some voice acting. It would it would be cool. Snap had some. Did you Sna- play Snap? Yeah, Snap. Uh, I'm actually I've actually been terrible about playing that too. I, whoops. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really liked the. That was a nice, like, solid uh, level of uh, voiceover uh, inclusion where it's like it's not too much mm-hmm. but it's just enough to get to keep things going and yeah. you know not like Legend of Zelda uh, don't kill me <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if we get to Galar let's go for some some region like actual in region accents you know we're yes. supposed to be doing Scot- like Scotland kind of stuff here and everyone's got a nice little region neutral accent and it's like mmm I do appreciate... I don't play Pokemon Masters EX. I always forget that it exists. Oh, yeah? Um, but uh, I do appreciate the fact that the limited voice acting they do have does acknowledge that Galar is supposed to be based on the UK, and as such, those characters do have uh, accents yeah. <laughs> that are not and, just like neutral, basic like dialect from any given country. And I believe that's that's probably the, the one thing that bothers me about Pokemon Journeys whenever they go to Galar. Mm-hmm. is that yeah. it's like it's either region neutral or like some sort of valley i don't know what it is about english dubbing using the the whole valley girl accent <laughs> but no if you play the games you read the dialogue it has a very heavy 
you know, UK, Scotland, Ireland kind of dialect. Yeah, to the point where my my sister-in-law, who lived in London for like a couple years and when this game came out, thought that they had put on like a setting or something. <laughs> she was like, did we, did we like get a region specific or did we like turn a setting on where everybody sounds English or British? Because like... What's They're talking name? in the game like people talk here, and I was like, "No, that's that's on purpose." <laughs> the guy in the jumpsuit—I forgot what his name. He was like the a former former gym leader with the with the hard hat and everything. Um, I forget Shoot. his name at the moment, but he Whoops. was like, he was like, "Go if you want to go on and grab a kip," and I'm like, "What's a kip?" <laughs> so I had to Google it, and I was like, "Oh, nap. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay." <laughs> I like that though. I think that's a yes. lot of fun. It's the only time they've ever incorporated something like that into one of the games despite the games being based on different regions exactly and i i love that and i just wish that attention to detail would transfer over to the anime yeah yeah that's a good point because as i'm thinking about it we're obvious i mean if you saw the title of this podcast we're going to be talking a lot about pokemon journeys Ooh, um, yes and this is but, fresh uh, in my mind too yes yes but that's now that you've brought that up i don't know why i never thought about the fact that we've met leon in that show and he just sounded like any other person. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of like why we don't have uh, like anyone sitting there. Oh, why don't you go and get out my yard and we ball bag? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know who they, they need to put the female protagonist from Sword and Shield into the anime. <laughs> and then there's no way they could get around making her Scottish as hell. Right? <laughs> Because that's all anyone on the internet did right after the game oh, was yes. announced. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope uh, it, it would be nice to incorporate some more of that stuff. I hope that somehow it happens. Even if even if there's just a character at some point. Um, right. Just to acknowledge that, like, th- this accent exists at all anywhere. <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait. It, people with different accents exist around the world, even if it's Pokemon. You know, mm-hmm. they, not everyone is... Uh, you know, accentless. <laughs> yes. Yes. One thing, since we're talking about anime, the the only real thing lately that's been different for me, uh, or new for me, I guess I should say, with regards to like stuff in the Pokemon world, um, in addition to Pokemon Master Journeys just dropping, they also dropped uh, the first episode of Pokemon Evolutions. The have new series. I have not. This? I'd heard of it. I just, I hadn't been able to catch anything yet they've got it up on uh youtube right or yeah it's super easy to okay. watch uh you can go to youtube uh, i think it's just on pokemon's youtube it's only like i think like eight minutes long or something so it could be honestly it could just be on twitter i think brands can do that can't they they might be able i guess uh as long as uh-huh. it's them posting it it should i don't think yeah. there should be a problem i don't think they have the like two minute limitation that us plebes have yeah us, us twitter peasants yeah. um but i did watch it and dude the first one focused on leon didn't it yes or, it okay. does um although i so it's funny we're just talking about leon i don't think it has i don't think anyone speaks in the episode to be honest right um or if they do maybe hop does and Which i don't to be think expected. they have accents <laughs> <laughs> Now that we're talking about it. <laughs> when it comes to the Pokemon evolutions, uh, whenever they did the last one, most of it was more focused on the action and like the, I guess yeah. the, the setting so much as uh, more so than the dialogue. Yeah, so, that's how this is for sure. It's, it's more about like an event that happens 
in the Galar region that is part of the story. It focuses on that and like Leon's role in it. So there's it's very dialogue light, uh, but it's very cool. It looks incredible. Mm. Did you see any of the screen grabs that were going around? I did. It actually <laughs> it's um, wild. I think they because I know uh, there were some complaints at least uh, early on when the first evolutions came out about saying that some of the animation was was lazy because there were some uh transitions in uh like pikachu's motion in the first episode or the preliminary episode that didn't really work right but a lot of what i saw was very clean uh, Mm -hmm. for at least this first episode so probably after we get done here i might watch it myself i think it's worth it i think it's worth checking out um I don't know how well you've you've been watching Pokemon Journey, so it's not going to spoil anything in the game for you, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. It looks incredible. It's definitely like even w- even with like I don't know any of these smaller ones. Like I haven't watched Twilight Wings yet, but like wait, is this is this what we're calling Twilight Wings? Uh, I no, Twilight Wings was that's separate. a separate thing, right? Yeah, it's okay. separate. <laughs> for a second, I was like, wait. is this the same thing um no but i haven't watched any of that but i did watch like generations and origins and i just like that it's a different style at all you know the first one was generations they all have very generic names yeah so (laughs) i think this is just like generations season two uh it has that sort of same vibe but it's it's just so much like the detail in the way that like they effectively like up I hate to say upgrade because that's that's diminishing and I don't mean for it to be. But like they tweak the the character design so that they're in a sort of different anime style um, that's way more detailed, way more proportionate to, you know, human beings uh, like in real life. And it's just it's really wild to see. But then they apply that to the Pokemon as well. So like Leon's Charizard looks (laughs) it doesn't not look like a Charizard, but like the amount of detail in there is is much different to what we would have expected from like ashes charizard in the show and i think they do that uh since these are like yeah like like eight minute long snippets they're able to kind of focus more on that detail yeah and give sure. us a nice higher quality which uh i when they did that with uh origins that's because they were getting paid for that level of detail <laughs> so yeah <laughs> it's just nice to see something a little i, I mean i i enjoy the anime i think journeys is great and I, I liked Sun and Moon a lot, but it's just nice to see, like, variety. Because there's no reason, I I don't think there's any reason they couldn't have multiple Pokemon anime or, like, a, you know, short like shorter stories that aren't part of this long-running universe or whatever the case or may be. just do like everyone else has and establish the, or acknowledge that there's some sort of multiverse that exists. Because, yeah, I mean, oh, Pokemon's already familiar with that, so why not? You know, <laughs> I mean, let's let's They've broken do like their a... own timeline a few times. <laughs> oh, a few times. I mean, heck, the Mewtwo that they ran into in uh, season one of Journeys, whether that was the same uh, Mewtwo that they, that Ash had See? seen before, or you get <laughs> so... me, Lee, you get me. Uh, let's just let's just fully transition into talking about Journeys then, because like I the one of the things I've loved about Journeys, and it was sort of a weird uh, accidental point of contention, I think, on this very show. Uh, but one of the things that I love about Journeys is that it's been so committed most of the time to being vague about how connected this is to previous things, right? Right. And I, I like that. I don't think it's a knock against the show. I don't mean for it to be a definitive statement or any sort of stance or anything like that. I just like appreciating what this is on its own. I really admire the fact that they've they've used Ash, but they also make this Ash 
very arguably like a different Ash. Like they do connect him to things that we're familiar with, right? Like they go to Alola, they catch up with all his friends, all that sort of stuff. But he has um, an energy that you've never really seen in past seasons, almost as if this complete change in uh, in cast has brought out something else for, I guess, for, for Ash to play off of. And so he brings like he um, like you said, like almost like he's a different character. Mm hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 maybe there was someone somewhere along the way that was like, what if we didn't use Ash? And they sort of ran with that just ever so slightly. And then someone was like, no, but you have to use Ash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then they did. Because, like, yeah, I think I do think bringing in Go really affected Ash because they had to introduce this character of Go, who is an equal part of the series. He's not really a companion. He's right. a second protagonist, you know. Um, and I think in order to fully help us understand who he is as a character, what his motivations are, where he's at in his journey, they kind of made Ash a mentor to him, which then makes Ash feel older, feel smarter, feel more capable and like wise than we're used to treating Ash. <laughs> and he's able to, and that's, I guess that's one thing that helps really establish Go is having Ash. Cause I almost feel like Go is, is essentially almost like an antithesis to, to Ash mm -hmm. because he seems a little more, uh, a little more calculating, a little more patient. Uh, uh, he's able to what's the word um analyze things a lot better than ash it seems to be even willing to do <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and they have sort of now that we understand go they have re like uh reverted a little bit back to a more familiar ash where he can be that sort of bombastic um you know uh like ch do first think later type of character but i i their balance is so good i think it was really good i mean they're literally red and blue not the characters but like one of them is very blue themed one of them is very red themed right from the way that they dress to their sort of main partner pokemon for this series in lucario and cinderace mm -hmm. um, one of them is sort of like the the brash you know gogglehead version of a you know protagonist and the other one is very like you said calculated calm character they both represent two different facets of the pokemon world one battling one capturing um it's really cool i think it's i think it's probably my favorite sort of again not truly a companion but i think maybe my favorite companion situation they've put ash in and it only took you know 20 something years to finally <laughs> circle back to oh hey there's th this pokedex exists maybe we should fill it yeah <laughs> yeah in one of these very episodes Go you like refers to his Pokedex and says, I did a lot of research on this Pokemon and then shows his Pokedex, which he clearly filled with information. <laughs> it's like wait it's like very good, dude. Where's this <laughs> like been? It. Like the entire it's like you, you forget we're we're following Ash here. Details aren't exactly his strong point. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I miss Dexter. Dexter put Ash I in his do. place and taught us about Pokemon. <laughs> and it doubled as a phone before phones were a thing. Yeah. I mean yeah. And they had video calling before exactly. all of us were forced to use it on the daily. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, don't you you see this button here? You can use that to call somebody. And it's like, oh, yeah. Hi, Mom. Where's your underwear? Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, that first Pokedex has so many buttons, and I would love to know what they all do. Yes. Let's I go don't visit know. Professor Oak and be like, hey, what does this do? <laughs> What's this one do? Am I allowed to touch this one? Except now these, these we we don't have we don't have tactile buttons. We have yeah. screens and stuff. And what are buttons? Yeah, that's why Rotom Dex is the way it is now. We put a Rotom in your phone. Wait, what? I love that. 
by the way. <laughs> I love that so much. I love I, I was not sold on Rotom when it was introduced. Yeah. I'm now very pro Rotom because I like the way that this world has incorporated it into technology in a way that feels now sort of uh, like woven into the, the universe. It's like, is it a Pokemon or is it a phone? Why can't it be both? <laughs> it uh, Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ghost Pokemon in general. Yes. <laughs> is this T or is this the ghost? Yes. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Where'd Haunter go? Where's Gengar? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Check your phone. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh no. Uh-oh. well we are so officially we are talking about the first six episodes of what is here i guess season 24 of the pokemon anime series here it is referred to as pokemon master journeys it's the continuation of pokemon journeys but because netflix has been dropping things so strangely in my opinion um these are pokemon master journeys episodes one through six (laughs) as opposed to wherever we left off probably 53 to i don't know whatever something um something like that so this is this is if if you are trying to figure out which episode specifically we're talking about just search pokemon master journeys on netflix it's a separate entry to pokemon journeys for some reason and this is just episodes one through six (laughs) so um you have been watching pokemon journeys right Yes, I actually, I think I might need to catch up on the last few episodes of the original run, mm-hmm. but uh, I am uh, just about caught up on, on Master Journeys now, so nice. Um, I've got it, I remember enough to have a cursory knowledge of just a little bit of everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll fully admit that we ran into a return character in these six episodes that I fully forgot, so I'm not relying on any sort of, you know, encyclopedic knowledge here. Um, <laughs> but what have you thought of Pokemon Journey so far? So far, it's actually been, I I do have to say where I'm, well, I don't, I haven't had my ear to the ground as far as what the, what the fan base thinks, but I'm actually really liking this whole, like, world tour Mm-hmm. kind of aspect of it where we're like now i do want to know where professor cerise gets all the money for these plane tickets <laughs> but i do enjoy that they're like oh well hey let's go to the Sinnoh region today well what about mm-hmm. the galler region well yeah. how about the uh well we haven't even touched the orange islands i guess they pretend oh, they don't exist Lee, so but if they go there oh i boy. will be so happy because you know what that means tracy has to be there <laughs> I swear they almost or go along they, with them. <laughs> they refuse to acknowledge that Tracy is still is still around. I think there was like a passing reference to Tracy, but and I don't even <laughs> I don't even know if that was in one of the episodes or if it was a movie. But I don't know. I refuse to forget. I'll yeah. tell you what. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like well all right, Brock is back. We're done with the Orange Islands. We'll we'll forget those exist. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, this this whole um, going places to either study Pokemon or get lost in some nefarious antics or whatever. I I like that mm-hmm. because it definitely acknowledges the wider world of Pokemon. It actually acknowledges that it's more of a a world rather than like just Japan. Yeah, I wasn't sold on it when I when I heard that they were doing the world tour thing at first. Um, but seeing it in practice, I love it. And I kind of wish that they had always been more open to this. Yeah. Uh, because 
you know, at first I was like, well, that feels terrible for the Galar region. Like the Galar region is just going to get forgotten about in all of this and just be a yeah. feature, you know? Uh, but I do think they've done a good job balancing the fact that this is Generation 8 still and that those events still matter, right? But it doesn't limit the stories that they feel like telling or the journeys that these characters go on to right. the story that we're familiar with because we've already played the game. So you you can't predict where they're going to go. I sure as heck did not predict they would go back to Lieutenant Surge's gym. <laughs> like, why would I expect that? You know what I mean? Whereas I would have expected them to go through you know each and every gym of the gallery gym and all that sort of stuff and it and it just la- adds a level of unpredictability that is really fun and i kind of like that because it's like well with uh sun and moon ash finally became some sort of champion <laughs> and i guess now they're like okay well now he's a champion do we really have to keep doing this badge thing mm-hmm. so i i i like that we're moving away from that because we've had 20 something years of that let's yeah let's focus on the exploring part now yeah, I'm into it. And so I guess that's where the uh, the grand, uh, oh, frick, the the tournament, whatever thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that because it's still it's still just kind of like a B plot. It's yeah. not the main focus, and it does allow to have some cursory acknowledgement of past characters in a way that doesn't feel like it's being shoehorned in. Do you think? And I hadn't thought about this until now, so I don't even know if this is going to make sense. But do you think that Ash and Go are going to have separate sort of climaxes and ends to their journeys? Or do you think that this particular series is going to end in sort of a synchronized moment where Ash has his battle with Leon, which I fully expect him to get, whether he wins or loses. Right. And Go ends up finding Mew. Like, are those going to be separate things? Or do you think they're going to do them harmoniously all at once no i feel like it would do each of them a disservice to kind of split that attention in like in like a single episode Mm -hmm. or have them both do it within the same vicinity i feel like that would uh that would definitely take away from the from the uh the gravitas of each of their respective goals Mm mm-hmm and so to have maybe like say like a, a two-parter where like one episode focuses on on that or do like again like an A B plot in in an episode, mm-hmm. uh, something that doesn't have you like split your attention between the two of them at one t- in one scene or a co- number of scenes. Yeah, the only reason I asked is because the series has done such a uh, intentional job of making them like equals. That I was thinking, like, so I wonder what, like, the big thing that caps off the season will be. And if they if they put them in an order, I imagine it will be Mew. I imagine Mew will be sort of the final thing. Because I don't we even do we meet Go first? I don't remember that far back. Um, um, well, I think it was kind of a gradual thing where it was like Pichu. Oh, that's then, right. Then oh, Mew so shows up. But then that kind of like. <laughs> transitions into Mew and Go having that yeah. uh, instance and whatnot. But we haven't seen him since or seen yeah. it since. And so I, I don't know. I think it'll end with that. That's You've heard it here. That's my prediction. I think that this whole journey we're on with journeys, I think it ends with Go's story, not necessarily Ash's. Because like you said, we've seen that. Yeah, and we'll probably see more Ash anyway. So Of course. Yeah, so if this goes in the same direction as every other past season once we go to the next generation goes going to be gone anyway oh 
Don't say that. <laughs> that makes me so sad. I my hope is that there this is a, a way to transition them into a new protagonist for it, you know the next series. We'll see. That would be nice. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think they will, but I'll, heck, I'll. We thought that was the case when he made when Ash became champion. <sighs> yeah, this would be the perfect opportunity. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's let's get into these six episodes specifically. Or do you? I guess. Do you have any thoughts on the new opening or theme? Is that a thing that you're? Well, I do mean, you pay a it, lot of attention to those. I do. Uh, I don't remember the last one much, but this mm-hmm. one definitely feels. It definitely has that anime feel to it. Oh yeah. As opposed to in a past, it's kind of been that like heavily Americanized, touchy feely pop stuff. So to actually have some something that actually feels like an anime opening feels really good. So yeah. Yeah, I like. I think I like the opening sequence of this one much better than the opening sequence of Journeys. But I, I'm so used to the Journeys theme song that I haven't quite yet gotten used to this one. But I think I will for that exact reason that you're talking about. It feels more like an anime. And actually, I really, I would love to find out who sings the opening because it sounds like Emily. Okay, Journey to Your Heart is the opening theme song. Uh, of the English Pokemon series artist Haven Pascal. Pascal? Haven I'm reading this Pascal. name for the very first time, so I apologize, Haven. <laughs> oh, okay. I am not familiar with her, Yeah, but I love her work. I do like it. I'm, I'm into it. All right, so the episode's proper. So this very first episode of Pokemon Master's oh. Journey. Oh, did you, I apologize. Did you recognize her? Um, apparently... In Pokemon XY, she voiced Serena. Oh, no way. Yes. That's cool. So I I do kind of like that. Kyle's going to be very upset with me that I didn't know that. That's job security right there. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's really cool. I like that. That's a lot of fun. Thank you, Google. Yeah, thanks, Google. So this first episode, uh, Pokemon Master's Journey, episode one, this is called To Train or Not to Train. Um, And if you uh, blasted through them, uh, like so many people probably did and aren't sure which one this is, uh, this is the one where Chloe catches her first Pokemon. It is a story of an Eevee escaping from an Eevee evolution research lab, uh, which is more disturbing than I think they wanted it to be. Uh, and finds its way to go in Chloe's school. And after Chloe helps the Eevee elude the researchers uh, and Eevee helps defeat Team Rocket, Eevee agrees to be Chloe's first Pokemon. Um, what did you think of this this first one? This one was a it was a nice it was a nice solid series opener. Mm-hmm. I guess there really wasn't much to reestablish since there wasn't much of a I guess a break in between journeys and master journeys. But reminding people that Ash, again, is the only one that doesn't seem to have a formal education. (laughs) He went to Alola Pokemon school. (laughs) Yeah, and and for for a time, an indeterminate amount of time. He sort of sat in a desk sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and so that that did tickle me uh, a lot, Mm -hmm. because they're like, it goes like, all right, well, I... I promised if there was a test, I'd go to school, and Ash is like, okay, I'll see y'all later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot that Go is actually enrolled in school. Yeah. Uh, So when he was, like, getting ready with with Chloe, I was like, oh, is this going to be a thing that they sort of do with with the series moving forward? And then the agreement of, well, he shows up if there's a test, really, yeah, it tickled (laughs) me as well. How (laughs) could it be? It's like, I wish that could have been me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go on an adventure and study animals. I'll, I'll just just give me a call when there's a test and I'll I'll mm-hmm. take it. Yeah, can I go to Professor Birch's school of Pokemon where you just hang out outside all the time? Oh, Professor Birch is awesome. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> he was the uh yeah, Professor Birch, he was the only one that wore shorts, so Yeah, he wore shorts and sandals, and I'm yeah, about that's, that. That's my style right there. <laughs> what the heck? That that is our style on this show. Exactly. Very welcome here, <laughs> Professor Birch, whose first name I've tried to learn many times and I don't think it exists. I don't think so either. It's it's just Birch. Like yep. like Mario. It's it's yep. Mario. He's Birch Birch. Yeah, Birch, Birch, Birch. <laughs> Professor Birch Birch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, reference to such an old movie that most people will not get. But oh, the one thing I I did find interesting mm-hmm. was to see that you know, with with Evie having such unstable DNA to begin with, yeah, and then to sit there and say, "Oh, well, this is more unstable than normal; that it can't evolve." And it's like, wait, do you are you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm I'm wondering if it's going to lead into like if they're trying to bide their time for another evolution or something, or oh, interesting, if, or if it's it's just a, well, I wouldn't say that it's like an outright refusal to evolve, like say. uh like what Bulbasaur did mm-hmm. or well I wouldn't say Pikachu because Pikachu wouldn't touch a thunderstone with a 10 foot pole yeah but I don't know I've being introduced to the concept that something that should evolve can't evolve seems it, it's interesting well my my theory on it because it's specifically even though these events don't happen in Galar in the series mm-hmm. My theory is that this is an Eevee that can Gigantamax instead of Evolve. Because in the game, and I know they don't necessarily fully rip things from the game, uh, and the the anime makes its own rules for sure, because Pikachu (laughs) also Gigantamaxes, uh, but seemingly also can Evolve. I'm guessing that this Eevee can't Evolve because it can Gigantamax, which is something the game enforces. If If your Eevee can Gigantamax, it can't Evolve. Just like if your Pikachu... Can Gigantamax? It also it cannot can. evolve. Okay, so it's almost like a like a Everstone type deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, but I don't know though, uh, because again, the the anime has made it not necessarily clear, but they certainly threaten Pikachu with evolution. Like Pikachu <laughs> certainly believes that it can evolve if someone touches it with a stone. Yeah, uh, it's and... been established on multiple occasions. Yeah, uh, that he's afraid of touching the the thunder st- or yeah thunderstone, but he also Gigantamax. So who knows? We'll see. But that's my theory, and I'm not spoiled on anything from Japan. So if you know, please don't let me know. Anyone, don't at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I think is going on with Eevee. Um, but it could be any number of things, you know. They they could the anime's done weirder stuff. They could just decide that this is an Eevee that can't evolve for any reason, or it's an Eevee that uh, with even more unstable DNA could evolve and de-evolve, which is a thing we don't really see. So I don't know. They could do they could do whatever they want with it. Next thing you know, it's like, hey, we got our eyes on you, Digimon. Mm-hmm. I know, mm. right? Yeah, we're on we're on the same playing field here. Now. We dipped our toe into it with uh, Mega Evolution. Yeah, <laughs> but that didn't really go that far. Yeah, and then Mega Evolution kind of it it's got its own set of rules anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't they drop that for this generation? Oh yeah, yeah they dropped yeah. it for both uh, Sun and Moon and for this. It it sort of stayed in its lane. It's it's an alternate universe. That's one of the times they broke their own timeline. Haha. <laughs> you know so. Go. 
Um, I did think it was interesting that Evie sort of synced up with Yamper. Um, they were super cute together, by the way. I would watch an entire 22-minute <laughs> episode of just those two uh, yes. being dogs. I know Evie is sort of this weird, ambiguous mix of a cat and a dog. But when it was with Yamper, it was like going full dog mode where they're like sniffing each other's butts and everything. It was so cute. <laughs> but it was interesting that it's like synced up with Yamper for its attack. And it basically, when Yamper started doing its, I don't know, spark attack spark. or whatever it was doing, uh, Evie like did it as well. I don't know if that was meant right. to be a helping hand or if it was meant to actually be attacking alongside it. But no, And I don't remember if uh, spark was part of its move set for this generation, but I would be surprised if it were, you know? Just being able to literally just go, oh, hey, that looks cool. I can do it, too, without even questioning it. Mm-hmm. That alone would make this Eevee very cool uh, as a character in the show. Definitely. And then it seems like such a uh, relatable character that it's it's able to kind of sync up with the people that it interacts with. Mm-hmm. Because then it meets Chloe and suddenly, like, it suddenly their stories become, like, just become visually intertwined from the moment they make eye contact and Chloe's kind of like, Oh, well, you know, I really don't want anything to do with Pokemon. Cause you know, it's a, a insert preacher's daughter storyline here <laughs> where it's like, well, yeah, that is exactly what it is. <laughs> and then Evie comes along and that just gets thrown right out the window. Yeah. And they're going to find their place together. Cause Chloe doesn't know what her path is. And this Evie apparently doesn't know what its path is. We'll take it. I'm into it. I think journeys is doing some cool, writery stuff that i don't always expect from pokemon so uh, i like i like when i see it and i like what i see um with eevee and yamper both attacking that pelipper that pelipper should straight up be dead right yeah i, I would <laughs> think so i mean spoiler never, it comes back or another one does but it's uh, never that specified thing should if it knows be deceased. if it's trained or anything <laughs> so yeah, no, I am not finding Spark anywhere on this moveset. Well, the, the, again, that goes straight back to the uh, anime makes its own rules. Mm-hmm. That's why I think they could do anything they wanted with it, you know? Oh, Copycat is on here. <gasps> oh. That's a level 30 move, but they never they never really look at levels, no. so to speak, in the anime, so... No, there's like that one episode in the original series where they're like on like treadmills and stuff. And they're like, this Pokemon has this much experience. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, they never should have. <laughs> it's <was> terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, copycats on here. Helping hands on here. I could see the, the anime sort of twisting those into what what happened. Right. Uh, it, I You know, they can kind of make whatever they want since the mechanics don't have to apply one to one. The wiki says it's fine. That's what we're going to go with. All right. <laughs> Meeting adjourned. I like that theory, though. I think copycat's a good one. Yeah. Uh, good theory. I like Team Rocket as school kids. Those were fun designs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still just... I. <sighs> They've been at it for this long. Oh, yeah. Get into somehow it. somehow they can still get <laughs> get one over on... I mean, just, just Ash and Pikachu alone... Yeah, they could still get one over on him, and I'm like, why? Yeah, I love a good Team Rocket focused episode, but I would also be very okay with them fundamentally changing who Jesse and James are because, like, in these six episodes alone, there's no good Team Rocket episode. They just show up, yeah, in like a very sort of cookie cutter way in a couple of these episodes, and they don't even. I think they uh. 
I think they kind of trashed that whole like Team Rocket B plot thing that they'd been doing, which and is a so, bummer. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty funny. I thought that could have led to some some good stuff because when they do Team Rocket well, I'm very on board. Sun and Moon had a couple that were very Team Rocket focused, and I thought they were really fun. They were always at their best when they had something to prove. Yes, exactly. And yeah. to be just going through the motions, hey, we're going to capture Pokemon. I mean, we're not even we're not even focusing on Pikachu anymore. We're just going like <laughs> yeah. just wholesale Pokemon theft. Yeah. And I I I do have to say I like the whole Pokemon Gachapon thing. Me too. I was just going to say the same thing. We're on the same wavelength for that. Yeah, I do like that. It's just it's still it just feels like another Team Rocket gimmick. I think it's another way to make Team Rocket feel different, even though they're not that different, you know? Right. So even though I like it and enjoy the mechanic of it, it's still 24 seasons into Team Rocket's sort of sameness. So if it had happened earlier, I think it would be easier to be like hype about it, but I can appreciate it out of context. Yeah, bring back Butch and Cassidy. They were they were I great guess. when they were sitting here trying <laughs> yes. to go trying to show that they were the best Team Rocket. Yeah. I think you could very easily do a B plot or an ongoing thing with Team Rocket where you start introducing actual like other actual members of Team Rocket that are good at what they do like a Butch and Cassidy. Right. Um and that's what Jesse and James are now doing. I mean, right? heck, you it's- have you literally have like 5 to 7 uh characters in Pokemon Go which I feel like introducing go in the anime felt like some sort of like i guess verbal reference to that but to maybe acknowledge that heck they'd probably be easier to draw than to keep making new 3d models so (laughs) yeah yeah why not yeah there there is definitely a, a wealth of stuff they could be using team go rocket what rainbow rock what what are these what's going on here you can just imagine the scene where where Jesse and James learns of all these these, like these teams offshoots. and characters that they feel like they should know about because we're Team Rocket too. But like, <laughs> the best thing is when people are like, "No, you're you're the jokes though. Like, you're not <laughs> you're not really." <laughs> we send you away so we don't have to deal with you. So, oh, oh, okay. Next thing you know, Jesse and James have to prove their worth, and that's <laughs> that's when they are best. I agree. I agree. Anything else about this first episode that you want to highlight? no not this one that was as far as i'm concerned that's everything yeah i think you were right to say that it was a good intro to the season because chloe is a character i've wanted to see more of and i think this firmly establishes that we will so happy about that so the second episode uh is called a pinch of this a pinch of that and this is straight up pokemon horror oh my god it features the uh galler fossil abominations (laughs) Uh, and they don't try to make it cute, which is wild. Uh, the story of this one is basically when the excavation leader from Pokemon Journeys, who I was very happy to see, and only recently learned, I don't know if I missed this in the anime, or if it's something that isn't highlighted, he's the curator of the Pewter Museum. I didn't know that. What? Did you know that? No, I did not. I saw that somewhere in a in an episode description. So I'm, I do mean to go back at some point and see if they say that in the show, or if somebody just like fan theoried that but like i yeah. I don't think bulbasaur fan the- or bulbapedia fan theories things like i know it's a it's still like a a wiki but i i don't think they would put that in there if there wasn't some basis so i'm right. i do want to go and check that because that would be wild uh, <laughs> but anyway he he calls ash and go uh and says that there are some fossils in galler he wants them to check out chloe goes along with them and they meet the researchers from galler 
who do not have British accents. In fact, one of them sort of has like a weird Long Island accent. Yeah. And uh, and they restore some fossils, and it's horrifying. They are in pain. I'm certain of it. And for scientists, they just they seem rather uh, absent-minded, or well, not really absent-minded, absent-minded, more more uh, uh, brazen unprofessional. and careless. Uh, one might say. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh, we just we we they're they're fanficking fossils. I don't <laughs> like seeing this in the anime. Like it's a it's a weird, cute detail, I guess, in the game when you're like that's weird, but seeing it like quote brought to life is horrific. Yeah, <laughs> and the two Pokemon just scream. They just scream. They make like a Dracovish and an Arctozolt, and the two of them just scream and rampage like upset that they're alive i'm convinced that's what was happening yeah it's we we went full metal alchemist here <laughs> oh no yeah i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry no I, that's okay i was just recently watching it too so it's like very fresh in my mind <laughs> <laughs> oh god they are just chimera all we oh. need is uh uh dr ian e. malcolm just coming up and be oh, like you were no. you're so obsessed with with you with whether you could that you oh. never stop to think whether you should yeah that would have been amazing if somebody if they managed to like work that line into this episode (laughs) that would make everything worth it i'd be down if they could do that and then they're like oh well hey i think my stuff's in this one and yours is in that well what if it's like (sighs) that's not something you should put a question mark on (laughs) it's certainly not okay but (laughs) it was a clever thing for them to do in order to include all four right pokemon but it's it's like a clever thing on the writing side of things. Like, good job, writers. Horrible job, scientists. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it definitely brought on some uh, some uh, some emotional uh, reaction. Yeah. So neither, I'm just like, oh, uh, no, 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 thank you. It's and unsettling. Throw them into these shop vac looking things. Is that safe? It. Oh, you know what is interesting <laughs> about those shop vacs, though? I mean, one, no, it's not. But two... They made a mention of it that I thought they weren't going to elaborate on, but then they do kind of elaborate on it later. The 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 female scientist named Carolis, who's oh so yeah. careless, yeah. mentions <laughs> <laughs> mentions it works much like a pokeball you see, where it takes light and then the other scientist cuts her off. And I was like, oh no, we're gonna end up with like a Power Rangers ghost say situation where like there's a perfectly good explanation for it, but we're not <laughs> gonna give it to you. Right. But but they actually do follow up with it a little bit. So I, I'm I'm I wasn't left, you know, in a similar state. But it sounds like the way that they restore fossils might be a direct result of them figuring out Pokeball technology. Because it sounds like the reason they're able to restore fossils at all is because a Pokeball converts. This is it basically terrifying, converts but like matter converts into Pokemon, light. Yeah, matter into light, and then it reconstructs it identically to what it was before. Is kind of how they describe it. Mm. So that does kind of explain how fossils could theoretically be restored if they're breaking those components down. But instead of just re- like re putting it together exactly the same the the restoration machines add matter along but, the way. Yeah, now I'm I'm getting flashbacks to pretty much any and all transporter mishaps in Star Trek. It is Star Trek, right? <laughs> Pokeballs are Star Trek. Yeah. Like, hmm. <laughs> well, but maybe more efficient or effective rather. 
yeah. a higher success rate perhaps yeah yeah definitely a higher <laughs> success rate but uh, i don't want to live in the world of pokemon where you can have a transporter mishap when you send out your bulbasaur oh god a, po- a, a pokeball mishap where you accidentally uh hit a person with it oh no they do make a joke about that in one of these episodes i don't know oh. which one it is I actually, I, I've got to find that because uh, that's one thing that I've been questioning. And it's like, what what if you throw the Pokeball and it accidentally hits somebody? That Can it tell the difference? <laughs> or In this universe, yes. Because Go <laughs> tries to catch Ash on accident. It doesn't work. But there's no reason it shouldn't work. Right. I mean, <laughs> if logically that's how they work. speaking, is that if, if it hits something uh, living, then it should theoretically capture them. Can you catch a pumpkin in your garden hmm. that is not a pumpkaboo <laughs> <laughs> just start randomly throwing pokeballs at pumpkins and it's like nope yeah not that one nope ha <laughs> first try not really i do like that they acknowledge curry making in this episode because it is the gala region so that was fun to see they even go through the same steps that you go through in the games of like fanning the flames choosing your berries stirring it so that it doesn't burn like i thought that was a fun little reference to the game that was and and that's the one thing that i that i really like is that uh pokemon has never shied away from utilizing gimmicks from each generation in their series Mm -hmm. yeah whether it's like contests or z moves or whatever the case is like they they incorporate that generation's thing whether it's a big feature or a small one the um the pokeblock or yeah uh, pokeblocks returned a few times or at least in the anime anyway pokeblock has mm-hmm. returned a few times but apricorns and poffins and malasadas and all that yeah and so yeah that that was really nice i don't know if i have much more to say about this one other than it was terrifying and i wish it had never happened <laughs> yeah i i the the fossils are probably my least favorite uh, part of galar yeah yeah i agree <laughs> also one of them has boogers and i i've said on the show before i just can't with pokemon who have boogers yeah uh it's just it's a me thing can't do it don't like it <laughs> it's like yeah thanks anime for reminding us that that's a thing yep yeah <laughs> so let's let's move on yeah. <laughs> from from the horror episode the body horror episode of pokemon let's get to one of my favorite episodes in this run yeah this one's hey. fun so this is uh, episode three of the of this batch. This is Trials of a Budding Master, and this is the one where Ash and his Farfetch train, and that really is like a large like that's pretty. This is this is an Ash and one of his Pokemon battle and get stronger episodes. Pretty straightforward, but it's very cool. So when Ash joins Go to investigate a Geodude outbreak, uh, he winds up battling a man named Dozer and his Pokemon Girder. After they secure a victory. Uh, against Dozer, they then meet a trainer named Rinto, who we are very obviously supposed to pay attention to, uh, with a Glade, and they are then dealt a loss, like a pretty humiliating one. Yeah, that was oof. <laughs> <laughs> well, because basically, basically, Girder and Farfetch are having a battle of strength, and they just hit each other harder and harder until one of them gets knocked out or their right. tool breaks. Like they're not doing anything uh strategic or with any finesse they're just literally like i can hit harder than you so then when you include a galade into the mix it's not gonna go well <laughs> no because far-fetched is, is not fast no <laughs> and it's a mon- it's a single type <laughs> that just hits <laughs> and uh it it was definitely a uh a far more dynamic version of the metapod versus metapod battle 
<laughs> yes that's such a great comparison <laughs> it's like if metapod versus metapod included action yes <laughs> instead like, of hey, staring <laughs> instead of just like what if we took our metapods telling them to use harden and then threw them at each other that's, that's exactly what happened <laughs> exactly this that's exactly this dozer Dozer's oh my god, great. Dozer. You messaged me about Dozer. Yes, Dozer. <laughs> as soon as I heard him, he sits there, he comes out, and he's like, oh, you're sitting there talking about strength. And I'm like, oh my god, it is Macho Man Randy Savage come back from the dead. With a with a brother thrown with a, in there with a bro, once yeah, in a while. Nice little uh, Hulk Hogan run there. It's like they couldn't decide who to emphasize, so they went with both. But it's I'm just great. waiting He's like he introduces his uh, his girder and he's and I'm just waiting for him to be like the cream rises to the top. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> and I could not stop watching this episode because every time he talked, it made me giddy. It's great. He he's <laughs> so great for a character that I mean I hope we see him again too. But for a character we probably don't ever see again, right? Um fantastic fantastic one-off probably character if anything i i know i keep talking about you know things that i like and blah 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 but how dare you talk about things you like (laughs) on a podcast (laughs) journeys has done a good job of making characters that you never see again Mm -hmm. but you want to see again yes whereas in the past just just been uh mm, okay well We'll we'll see you later, maybe. But yeah. now, like especially with Dozer, I'm like, we need this person back. We need to know what happens. They need to fight again. <laughs> well, they could. I mean, I wouldn't. Be, they it could happen, and they've made those characters that you want to see more of. But they have brought some back, right? Like we've seen that excavation leader. I think like three times now. Yeah. So it's it's not impossible that we'll see Dozer again. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a memorable character, and they had to know that they were making a memorable character. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know how he's voiced in in Japan. Uh, if he's a reference over there as well, uh, I but I hope know. so because I hope that means his magic will uh, grace us once again. Oh please! <laughs> you know, please, I'm pretty Japan. sure that that voice actor is the same guy who voiced Detective Pikachu in the game. Oh, which is uh, a fun, weird detail. <laughs> I like the range. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the the way we kind of come back to the whole the whole outbreak thing, which yeah, I mean, I know, I know that's kind of been a a thing in the past, but Generation Eight just kind of puts a little more emphasis on it, and so to kind of to bring yet another facet of that into the anime, that's that's kind of neat. Except we don't really see that pay off, at least not for Go, other than you know, hey, we see like to geodude and he catches one yeah i don't know fully how to feel about episodes that do this because i like that go has a focus on catching and researching pokemon but when they do an ash episode i can't decide if i would rather they just don't include a go moment or if i would feel like they're cheating him out of his journey by not doing it like i don't yeah. know i don't know where i fall because it does end up feeling like what you're talking about where it's like okay they came here so that go could could check out this outbreak but they resolve that really quickly and then just totally move yeah, on i get that there's... it's like a mechanism to get them there but uh, i i just i i don't know where to where i fall 
there's so many other ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of cheat go out of his moment just to progress Ash's story, it it doesn't I it feels kind of wrong. But I, I mean, also it it does a good job of getting them where they need to be. Yeah, and it continues like I guess reminding of us what Go is doing, and so it's at least using an in universe like established mechanism and character trait to progress them but that's that's why i can't decide where i fall on it right because like yeah it feels like he's cheated a little bit but it also is it's it's important because it gets them there so i just i don't know i don't know but it would be weird if they never did full ash focus episodes so yeah and so and especially i i don't know if they're trying to eventually work up to because since farfetched is a galarian offshoot if they're trying to build up to farfetched eventually evolving that's what it feels like. It feels like that. And I'll say I've only watched these first six episodes, so I don't know. But I've got to imagine that this Rinto character is going to be a part of that. It definitely, it feels like a moment that definitely weighs heavily on, well, it weighs heavier on Farfetch'd than it does <laughs> Ash. Yeah. Because yeah. Farfetch'd, is, he seems very prideful, not mm-hmm. only in, in, again, maybe that's just being a, galarian variant but he's just like far-fetched and like he's kind of like ash you're a dick so (laughs) he's this season's charizard in a way yeah i think they've done a good job of giving these pokemon personalities that are like distinct and diverse without necessarily like dominating any given portion of the series like that when 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 kyle and i were doing the ash bash episodes of that original season we got to the jigglypuff (laughs) episode and then we're like all right well we're entering the era of jigglypuff where like (laughs) every episode will feature some sort of jigglypuff thing right Um, right there was also like the charmeleon era which wasn't as long as i remembered it being but we're like every battle will feature some sort of charmeleon attitude thing um, and, then, and it was uh, all good, but I think this series has done a good job of giving them personalities that don't completely, like, have a vice grip on the series. Right. And, like, last season we had, uh, or the first, I guess, Journeys is considered the first half or something. I don't know. But I think he's kind of replacing Lucario in terms of focus. Yeah, because Lucario had, like, a pretty full journey. Yeah. I feel like that's where we're going. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that until, you know. Until it sounds like maybe they're doing like smaller arcs with with the Pokemon. So like once, like this is the focus, and he'll have his journey, and then you know who who knows what what'll be next. Ash has so many Pokemon. I mean, not nearly as many as Go, but like so many Pokemon that have that we know he has, but that he doesn't use all that much. That he could they could do like, things with. Heck, we haven't even seen Gengar in a while. Dude, he has a Dragonite and a Gengar, <laughs> and they're like they're just <laughs> elsewhere, they're just hanging out at Cerise Lab. <laughs> Hey, where's All Dragonite? Right. Boo! Boo! <laughs> um, I don't remember what episode it is, but there is an episode in this batch that features a Phantump, and I had no idea that Phantump sounded like, Whoa, Phantump! <laughs> I was like, what in the world is that voice? Like, it was jarring. <laughs> I thought it would have, like, a cute voice, not like a like a sort of doofy voice. <laughs> yeah, a- anime, the anime have, they, they're... Their, their voice choices are oh my god 
I'm like, can can we go back to the uh, the the weird funky noises that the game has and just I, stick with that? I wish, Lee. That's like my greatest wish for Pokemon the anime. You could keep Ash for a hundred years, but please yeah. just let them make animal Let's noises. Make animal noises instead of <laughs> next thing you know, you've got this big freaking floating clamp fortress. And I'm like, yes. What? It's one of my favorite things about, I think it was Origins, or general, we've firmly yes. established that we don't know which one is which, but uh, they just let them be animalistic in the way that they communicated. <laughs> that was, uh, I think that was Origins, in terms of like how they sounded, Yeah, because I don't remember a single one saying its own name. Right, I don't need Blastoise to say Blastoise, I just need it to scream at me. Yeah, and you know? you know, just blah. Yeah. Are they iconic? Yes. But... It's also weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I know you still want to want to stay with like this the a particular target market. Yeah, but you've it's also got to know yeah when you need to kind of grow with your audience as well. Like try to find that balance. And saying our names over and over is not helping. <laughs> repetition, baby. Repetition, repetition, <laughs> repetition. The uh, the only other thing that really stands out to me about this episode. Um, I mean, which isn't to diminish it. It was a lot of fun. But the only other thing that I, I really sort of uh, made sure I wanted to note was Girder's Girder breaks. So Dozer gives him a pickaxe, which seems like an inappropriate thing to give your Pokemon who's no. probably going to battle with other Pokemon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that that's unfortunate. I don't mm. think he should have done that. <laughs> I know... I know the series has a uh, a, a strong. Uh, I I know that death is kind of taboo in Pokemon, mm-hmm. but it's kind of unavoidable with a pickaxe. <laughs> just seems like a bad choice. I mean, take the metal out, maybe. <laughs> yeah, just like take. I mean, heck, even a a freaking mallet would be better. <laughs> right, something a little blunter. Perhaps. Yeah, like is a girder just a metal eye beam? Yes, it is. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's a blunt object. <laughs> Pokemon take punches. I guess they also take slashes and stuff, but whatever. Yeah. It just, it's, 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 uh, it feels like a human thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's more of a stabbing motion with a pickaxe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mm. You're bringing in outside element. Also, I don't think about that girder line very much, that timber girder, conkleder or whatever, because I, they're weird, but... Does this imply that, like, Girder just likes Girders, but, like, theoretically could just use anything? I guess. I guess so. And I'm actually kind of surprised that, you know, like, sometimes Pokemon evolve when, like, certain things happen. Like, when Metapod evolved, like, it, like its its shell got slashed, its cocoon got slashed, so it, next thing you know, hey, look, I'm a Butterfree. <laughs> I mean, this... I know it kind of defeats the purpose, but it kind of would have been hilarious if next thing you know, he's defeated. The, well, because he didn't necessarily faint, but his girder broke. And next thing you know, he evolves into Conkledur. And it's like, dude, oh, <laughs> that's so funny because it, it's in two pieces now. Yeah, exactly. And next thing you know, it turns into these freaking pillars and it's like. Wait a second, you lost. How'd your Pokemon evolve? Well, you see, what had happened was... That would be incredible. That would be an incredible in-anime universe thing, because it's like, oh, well, it takes a critical hit to its girder, and it breaks, yeah. and then it evolves, because like, it's, it's so an evolution folk. condition is not fainting, but taking a critical hit or something. Kind of like, I think Farfetch'd and Galar has to 
make a certain number of critical hits. Like it could be the the opposite side of that. And um, then uh, that's um, hilarious. In the anime universe, Slowbro literally all it has to do is get bitten on the tail by a shelter or mm-hmm. Slowpoke, and suddenly evolves into a Slowbro. And it's like, okay, let let's keep with that theme here. Yeah, but it seems like instead, when Girder evolves, it then needs to seek out concrete columns. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well. Hey, huh? nothing needs to be explained. The girder's in two parts. Why not just magically turn it into concrete pillars? Yeah. <laughs> that would have, that would have, uh, I would have been gagged. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> if only. But, you know, maybe uh, just, just bring me onto the writing team. I'll, I'll phone in from, from the United States. Yeah. We'll just. It's no big deal. We're all oh. doing it. Oh, yeah. Everything's virtual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily know Japanese, but I, I can I can find a translator. Yeah. Yeah. Immersion is the best way to learn anyway, you know? Yes. <laughs> there we go. Anything else about this? Uh, you were excited um, about this one. Anything else about this one? When it came to Rento, that was definitely a very like opportunistic part. They were just kind of like tag on. Well, I guess not really tag on because they, they gave it enough focus to be significant. But it was, like, only the last, like, five minutes of the episode. Yeah. And so it was just very Gary Oak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it's just like, that's oh, fun. I know you just got beaten, but by the way, hey, let, let's have a nice little battle here. Smack. I do like that Ash is, like, in this in this episode, this version of Ash was like, are you sure, like, Farfetch? Like, you just took a beating. Should we not do this? <laughs> <laughs> Farfetch is like, come on, let's go. Smack! This was a mistake. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm eager to see what this whole Rinto thing is going to be. Uh, if it's limited to just this Farfetch story, or if Rinto is going to end up being a character outside of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Only time will tell. Yep. And and spoilers, I guess, will tell. But I don't want them. So episode four, this one is called How Are You Gonna Keep Him Off of the Farm? Which is a terrible title and they <laughs> should change it. Uh, <laughs> it's not clever. I don't. Is it a reference? I don't know. I don't know. but And it's yeah. very long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This was the episode that I paid the least amount of attention to. Of, I of don't have a ton to. to say about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely another, hey, the kids are in another situation and go wants to capture another pokemon so it it feels the one thing that i kind of appreciate about it so it, this is if you're not sure which one this is this is the one with all the diglet the the sort of main protagonist trio visit a former research assistant of professor cerise and figure out why a bunch of diglet are invading his farm okay team rocket also shows up turns out to be the reason why the diglet have been displaced I can appreciate the fact that this feels very much like an old school Pokemon episode. It reminds me very much of uh, the town that can't grow food or has no water because like the Snorlax is sitting in the riverbed. It has like those vibes. And I appreciate when this series does like a reference or does an homage to older stuff. But one of the problems is like this show is over a thousand episodes long and it still features Ash. So it's hard sometimes for this show, I think, to strike the balance between homage and, like, recycling. And this felt a little bit like recycling. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's... I guess, for the younger fans, that's that's great. Because totally. more than likely, they probably haven't gone back to watch the old episodes. Yeah. Or if they have, they're like, this crap is cheesy. Let's go watch the new ones. 
Yeah. <laughs> Cuz yeah. I, I get it the older the older seasons aren't for everybody and they they are a tad bit dated. <laughs> yes, they are for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for for some of us I guess longer served fans, it you can definitely see where they even if it's a different writer, you can see the same uh the same taglines, the same beats. Mhm. I I I kind of knew exactly where this was going the moment they were like, I've never seen these Diglett before. They're never here. Why would they be here all of a sudden? It's like, they're not on our farm. And it's like, oh, well, well suddenly we're getting Bugs Bunny chasing carrots. <laughs> I did. There is a part of my survivor brain that really liked Chloe being like on a platform instructing them what to do from above because <laughs> it's like a classic survivor challenge. But left, left. Exactly. The left. No, it's right in front of you. <laughs> stop running. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> flips over obstacle so i was reminded of that i can appreciate that you know you've got the folks who are like where is it smack they trip over it (laughs) it's right there you found it touch it with your foot (laughs) so that i can appreciate but yeah i don't have a i don't have a ton to say about this they do the guy does make his soil from old golem shells and i don't know if that means golem sheds his shells or if those are like golem carcasses Mm, like mm. can somebody tell me does golem shed his shell i don't i don't recall this detail (laughs) yeah please 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 tweet us about that it's like hey we we need some uh book smart pokemon fans to uh, let us know i'll sleep better at night if he sheds his (laughs) if they shed their shells you know (laughs) because chloe's very disturbed by the fact is it like uh do they do they act like bugs in that manner (laughs) where they just kind of like shed and then get larger Ooh, interesting. Stronger, perhaps? Yeah. They grow like a stronger outward rock shell. Does it shed and then they go roll somewhere and pick up some more? <gasps> Ooh, I like right. that visual. <laughs> I think that's fun. And so I know it's they... based on like, a, I think, a kaiju. So if, if maybe someone knows, maybe there's context in whatever old Japanese, you know, huh. toku monster movie that could answer that question. Did, did you notice that... The um, have we always seen the dig the Doug trios like react separately from one another, like the heads? Mm, I don't know for I, I in in Sun and Moon. There's a a group of Doug trio that f- like uh, do they fight each other? Or maybe I'm misremembering that. But I don't know. I'm not sure. I know Dodrio does all the time, and Executor does. But Doug trio tends to be very in sync. Tends right. to feel like a single being. We see in this episode where Go, he throws his Pokeball to, to capture a Dugtrio. And as soon as it smacks the tallest head, the, the tallest head just kind of like flails backward in reaction to getting smacked in the head by a Pokeball. And the other two are just kind of like, what? Seemingly like not in pain yeah. from being smacked. You know, it's funny. I was expecting it to be a decoy. The fact that he hit the one, I was expecting that to be a fake Dugtrio. <laughs> Like, I thought that was going to happen at some point in this episode because there were so many Diglett. And they te- right. they kept talking about, like, oh, well, they're coordinated. Like, they're planning this. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if three Diglett were posing as a Dugtrio? Or is that even possible? Oh, Would I they just simply know. become a Dugtrio? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't know what's under the there. situational <laughs> evolutions where it's like, oh, three Diglets leave from three different places at one time. And <laughs> they connect in such and such. Do they evolve or do they not evolve? <laughs> What velocity must they reach to <laughs> run into each other and combine? 
If a diglet leaves Pallet Town at 2.30 <laughs> and another leaves for Viridian City at 4. <laughs> what city must the third diglet depart from oh, <laughs> to oh reach God. them at the same time? These are the questions that they learn at Go and Chloe's school. Yes, these are. this is what math word problems is in the world of Pokemon. Oh, God. <laughs> How to make Pokemon supremely not fun uh, in one paragraph. <laughs> This will cut down the number of trainers. Oh, gosh. Right? Uh, everyone's a trainer. <laughs> I I do think it's always interesting when the, the world of Pokemon, the anime, acknowledges food that easily could be a Pokemon but isn't a Pokemon. Like, because grass types exist, right? Right. So, like, the fact that this guy has an entire vegetable farm it makes sense. They need to eat food and they, they don't want everything that they eat to be Pokemon. Right. But it is very funny to me that he's like growing full blown vegetables that just aren't Pokemon and they shouldn't be, but it's just weird. There's something about it that creates like a weird reality. Well, they eat meat, right? Like we've seen, we've seen them ingest meat and they haven't referenced since like, like the first season, anything resembling an animal that wasn't a Pokemon. So the only thing, well, the only stuff I know that we know that they eat that are explicitly Pokemon, I know that human beings eat slowpoke tails. Yeah, slowpoke tails. Uh, what else? Um, and I wouldn't doubt, like you know, some of our more uh, darker eating habits would kind of mirror in the Pokemon universe, like unfortunately finning or something like that so we've seen them eat steak we know what pokemon that comes yeah, from. yeah we we know <laughs> we know and they drink well of course they've got moo moo milk so yeah so we've seen them eat fish we can guess well, it's definitely not magikarp <laughs> no didn't somebody bite a magikarp in the original uh, meowth, season and break all their teeth yeah meowth bit a magikarp because he was hungry after the ssn uh sunk i'm glad you remember why that was the oh, case i don't understand how i remember some of these details <laughs> but... i'm glad you do though because i was like i know someone did it and i have no idea who <laughs> well, you can also thank my four-year-old son he he loves pokemon and power rangers are his thing right now so i guess yes. the apple doesn't fall far from the tree one of us <laughs> <laughs> so we watched that we watched uh this and I still hold true. I still hold the 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 opinion that Magikarp makes a terrible like battling partner, mm-hmm. but he makes a great weapon. Oh, for sure. So I think it was like Control Alt Delete did like a <laughs> whole like storyline on that, like um, where this guy he had a Magikarp and it was like dumb as a sack of rocks, and he was like, "Well, you've got in order to make it evolve, you have to you have to battle it." So instead of actually like battling. He just uses it as a bludgeon, and he's just like, yeah, he's literally just physically assaulting other trainers' Pokemon with <laughs> this Magikarp. I said battle with it, not battle with it. <laughs> <laughs> and when it evolves into a uh, a Gyarados, it you can definitely tell it's had some uh, head trauma. It's had a rough go, poor guy. <laughs> but. As far as this episode goes, I think there's really not much else to say about it because there wasn't much else to it. 
But we can move on to the next one. The next one had me very excited. This is the fifth episode. This is Healing the Healer. And it's a Suicune episode, baby. I'm still jealous of Go after this episode. So, I uh, cannot yeah, believe. I, I'm not surprised that Go caught a legendary Pokemon. I can't believe that the legendary Pokemon is like, yeah, I'll just stick with you. I'll yeah. be your partner. What? Well, this this makes two now. Who is the other one? I don't remember. Um, in in Journeys, it was a uh... oh the Eternatus. Yeah, and so he captures that. It's not in his possession. Yeah, that does make sense. But he formally caught it. Like, it's in his Pokedex. Right, and that's the thing that I expected to happen for all legendary or mythical Pokemon. I remember talking with Kyle about that episode because I was like, I think this confirms kind of what I was hoping, which was that if he's going to catch every Pokemon, he's going to have to capture legendary Pokemon. But I imagine any time that happens, we talked about it when when we talked about the Mewtwo episode as well. He's going to end up having to catch them in order to be successful, but then let them go, presumably, because these are basically like elemental gods. Right. Like these are, I mean. Or he has to change his goal. Like he has to have an episode where he like reckons with the fact that he cannot catch every Pokemon. But it doesn't seem like they're going to do that (laughs) because he he catches Eternatus and lets it go. And then he catches Suicune and and he does. He's ready to let it go. He like (laughs) lets it out. And Suicune's like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> and then they get back to the lab and he's like, yeah, I'm going to nope out for a while. I'll see y'all later. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess maybe that's maybe that's what it is. But then, like, at that point, like, why? I don't know. <laughs> is this like Chekhov Suicune? Like, is it going to be important later? Like, Suicune chose to stick around. Therefore, it must be relevant later. I don't know. I mean, because isn't uh, isn't no go isn't registered in that big old tournament thing. No. Yes, he no. is. Is he? I honestly don't know. I'm I'm having a. Uh, I think I'm it might just be here. Ash. It might be, but either way, I'm thinking that he's gonna that something's gonna happen, and he's gonna have to he's gonna have to pull an Ash, and choose from what he's got to make his most powerful team. Mm-hmm. And so, who knows? That might be how he reckons with uh with Mew. It's possible. I mean, this is a good episode to acknowledge the way that Go uses his Pokemon because I have been really appreciative of what the series does with the fact that Go is catching hundreds of Pokemon because in this episode, Go chooses to bring along with him a Raichu and an Alolan Executor and they don't make a big deal of it. But like what it does is it allows Go to be the one who sort of like features other Pokemon and it allows Ash to just have his core team doing his core team thing. And I think that's right. cool. It's like a smart way to go about it. And the fact that they were able to, uh, they kind of go back to the whole kind of like wider world thing by saying that uh, there are other bad guys other than Team Rocket. Yes. Who are out here. We don't just leave these, we don't just leave these other bad guys to like the movies and stuff. These, they actually do exist in the world and are doing things that, I guess it's one of those like right place, right time type things that somehow they just keep avoiding these other uh, nefarious parties until now. I agree. I, you know, as much as we were talking about not sort of doing the same Team Rocket thing over and over again, I think this is one way to do that is to introduce other types of bad guys. And these, the whole crux of this episode is that these Pokemon hunters are trying to capture Suicune, but they're trying to do it just physically, right? They're not trying to like Pokeball capture it. Right, they're just trying to just net the thing and move on. Right, and and they're doing it by hurting the environment. Which so is clever, yeah, very. 
It's 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 really terrible because they're they're basically using a bunch of poison Pokemon to like hurt the environment. And I'm like, oh, but those poison Pokemon are some of my favorites. Don't make them bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it is clever. I mean, it's a smart thing for them to do. Celebi is also a uh, a nature aligned mm-hmm. Pokemon. So if he's going, if Go is going to be doing this kind of stuff, you know, who's to say that we won't see them again when he happens to come across Celebi or whatever? Oh, I bet you that Suicune's going to have something to do with that. That's that would be probably why they established the fact that Suicune sticks around, right? Suicune might be his link to other to other legendaries, like interesting. Maybe the other two beasts, or interesting. I, who hmm. knows? You've got my gears turning here. I like. <laughs> I like where I, this um, could go. And see, I honestly haven't felt like this about a Pokemon series in a long time. Which me neither. I love that. I think their storytelling in Journeys is top notch. And I hate to say it, but it's like not the type of storytelling, which is not to say that Pokemon hasn't had good storytelling at points, but it's the type of storytelling, the sort of like where they seed characters, they seed Pokemon to grow into stories later. They have these continuing arcs um, that aren't necessarily dominating the story. Like, I just think they do really cool stuff. And I, this could be one of those moments. Maybe it's my ADHD. I don't know. But, but the way they don't... <laughs> The way they don't necessarily like hyper focus on one thing, yeah, but still have it intertwined with other happenings in the series. Mm-hmm. I like that because it's it's not overwhelming and it's also not something that they focus on so long that it gets boring. Yeah, it's really smart serialized storytelling as yeah. opposed to just really rigid episodic stuff, but still has like new stories to tell each time, which is good. Heck yeah. But, yeah, I like this. I like it because it features Suicune. I like all the poison Pokemon in there, even if they're, you know, with the bad guys. And I was certainly caught off guard that he caught a Suicune uh, in one toss with a regular Pokeball. <laughs> As he does with <laughs> all of them. And I'm like, what, what are you? You're, you're cheating. You're, you're yeah. cheating. I do know that has been bugging some people. And I'm like, I don't, I, you just gotta, you just gotta roll with it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> RNG every time he RNG Jesus is on his side. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, he's the luckiest luckiest living being uh in the world of Pokémon for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I I actually I what's funny is like I was so into this episode that I barely have any actual written notes for it cuz I was just like living alongside it. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, it's but I liked it. It was really cute cuz Anytime we see, like, Pokemon of this caliber... Well, I don't think that was the case with Lugia. Did they run into Lugia? They did. They, like, rode a Lugia. Yeah, so it it wasn't the case with Lugia, but it was the case with uh, Mewtwo, where there was, like, a, a little following of Pokemon that just were, yeah. like, so dedicated. And that I found that rather cute. Yeah. The, um... Is it... I think Pikachu I Choose You movie has that with Entei as well. Yes. <laughs> I like when they do it. That is cute. And so to see the 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 Nidorans and the uh, the Rattata, well, it, it's about time somebody gave Rattata some love. True. Uh, yeah. True. <laughs> Not a Johto Pokemon to be seen, though. <laughs> no. You couldn't have thrown a little Sentra in there. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, oh, maybe this is maybe this is a reserve or something for yeah for Pokemon that aren't regularly seen in the Johto region. <laughs> who, who knows? That's what it is. Yeah, they've been rejected. Maybe maybe Johto's kind of like Kanto in the way that they're like, oh, well, you know, Pokemon exist, but those Pokemon don't. Like, <laughs> we, we only we on, we're only aware of the ones that are in this region. 
Yeah, yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything else. It would be impossible oh, to yeah, know. No. Oh, hey, look at this rat it's had. We've we've never seen this before. Let, let, let's put it over you? here. <laughs> oh, curious. You're different. <laughs> we've never seen you what are you congratulations here's a park for you <laughs> but yeah good that's a good one is a good sort of it felt very standalone but you've got me thinking maybe it's it's connected to some some other bigger stuff so i'm excited yeah, and, about that and that's that's we so far we've kind of seen that is that mm-hmm. there's it may not be within the next few episodes, but there sometimes if it if there's enough attention paid to it, there's eventually going to be a payoff somewhere down the line. Yeah. Well, and we mentioned that that Farfetch'd is likely sort of the new Riolu focus, right? Yeah. And and that's that's obviously gonna pay off later, kind of like the Riolu stuff did. This next episode, episode six, is basically the same thing for Go, but replacing his journey with his uh, score bunny is now his journey with Sobble. And I'm confident that's going to be, you know, his next sort of Pokemon partner journey. Uh, oh, Cause yeah. that's what this episode six is entirely about. It's just like, where's what, we're, what are we going to do with Sobble in this <laughs> series? Now we know, you know, alternatively, Darmanitan's a d- Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is called Sobble spies, a stealthy strategy. And the, the sort of end of it is that Sable learns U-turn, but the way that he gets there is by visiting a movie set where he sees an Intellion uh, as like this spy movie star and is like, whoa, Intellion is cool. I want to be cool and strong like Intellion. And Go recognizes this and is like, all right, cool. Like, let's do that. If this is what you want to do, like, let's make you stronger. Let's figure this out. And then realizes that like Sable's never going to stop being kind of scared and kind of timid. Uh, And so they work with that, create this thing called a hit and run strategy. And then after training for this hit and run strategy, that turns into Sable using the move U-turn, which I think is all very clever. And it's nice to see where this is going. I'm glad that Sable isn't going to be a starter that's just off to the side. And it's nice to see how they implemented U-turn in the anime, because I don't think we've seen that before. Yeah, I have no idea. So to see that it's like, oh yeah, pum pum. By the way, it, he's got the pokeball in his pocket, and it's like, <laughs> what? Yep. And it's like, uh, he's learned the move U-turn. What? Uh, okay. Oh right. wait, wait, wait. I think we have seen U-turn once before. Have we? I th- if, I think it's U. Is it? Or no, it was it U-turn or Wimp Out? It might have been Wimp Out because I think there was. I haven't actually seen it because I didn't finish Sun and Moon. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, I will someday. But there's that scene uh, from Sun and Moon. I think it is Wimp Out. Now that I'm thinking about it, where Galiciapod or Glissapod or whatever it is forces Scyther oh. out to take an attack from Toracat, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, you killed Scyther!" <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. That wasn't U-turn. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've really played around with U-turn all that much, um, but I like it as a way to sort of make uh, Sable and presumably eventually Intellion a sort of unique character. Uh, and it also acknowledges that like not every Pokemon is just trying to be stronger uh, and punch harder. Right. It's really interesting because uh, they never actually show Intellion using Snipeshot. What is is that what it's called? Snipeshot? Yeah, I think so. And uh, they never Something like that while he's uh, cloaked yeah. is when he uses it, which is kind of neat. But then it's like, OK, is he shooting this out of his finger or is he shooting it out of his mouth? Because he's always doing the whole, you know, finger gun thing. 
but maybe it's just on the line for them. Yeah, it it might be just you know spitting it like most water types do, and <laughs> that's why Sobble's doing it. He's yeah. just like, I know I've only got two fingers, but pew pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wonder now that you've brought that up, I wonder if they only have him do it when he's invisible because it is a reference to like a gun. <laughs> yeah, like sniping, and that's honestly how I play uh well no destiny i I run head on because i'm a i'm a dumb titan but <laughs> in Fortnite, that's how i am is i i shoot from a distance so i, I that I was kind of cool too <laughs> and i um they actually made sobble for me a likable character because when sobble was introduced when they uh revealed the the generation mm-hmm. the generation starter sobble was an immediate no oh really <laughs> yeah i don't it, <sighs> I was I was a uh, score bunny. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. a score bunny guy. That yeah, that was my thing. Uh, but Sobble just immediately felt like no, I have children. <laughs> There's enough crying going on. I don't want my Pokemon doing it as well. Thank yeah. you. So yeah, but this gave uh, this actually gave actually made it feel a lot more appealing to show that there is a little more uh, dynamic character mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. So, yeah. I. I like Sobble in the game, like he was my initial starter, but I didn't like what they were doing with him in the show. So I can certainly relate with you on that because in the show they like cranked up the like crying to 11 um, <laughs> and and it was getting dangerously close for me to being a jiggly type, Jigglypuff type character. And I like Jigglypuff. It's it's fine. It's fine. But like my biggest complaint with Jigglypuff is exactly what I mentioned before, where it's like, oh, this character solely exists to tell this one joke over and over and over again. And I was really worried that's all they were ever going to do with Sobble. Yeah. It was like cute and funny the first time. And then it, they did it like 12 more times. And I was like, yeah. so I'm glad there's more depth here. <laughs> I'm curious to see when they're going to make him evolve. I, I, I really feel like, those are the focuses for Go and Ash. You've got mm-hmm. Ash with uh, Farfetch'd, and then you've got Go and Sobble. So, yeah. And they seem to have their Pokemon like evolve almost at the same time lately, it mm-hmm. seems. Yeah, they, they really do this sort of like parallel training story with them. This is the second time now they've done it, so I'm assuming they're going to keep doing it. I do have to say, even, even though with like Cinderace kind of has a... Uh, taken a back seat mm-hmm. but cinderace still really stands out for me yeah whenever he shows up because it's just like hey we've we've got a soccer bunny yeah and i i do think cinderace is meant to be go's primary partner because yeah. even with all the sobble stuff and even you know with any given story like he cycles out a lot of pokemon he doesn't seem to cycle out cinderace and cinderace is kind of like that that mother hen type pokemon <laughs> it seems yeah Cinderace is always the one that Go leaves everyone else to, and Cinderace is just like, what? Why? Why am I here? Why am I do- Fine. <laughs> Fine. It went through its journey, and now it's wise. <laughs> and it knows when when things are ridiculous. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> and when they had the little Pokemon park at school. Yeah. That was back in the first... I can't believe I, I completely forgot about that. I like that idea. And goes just like Cinderace. You take care of him. It'll be fine. Sobble, just <laughs> look after Sobble. Make sure it doesn't cry. Just the dynamics of 
the voices, and Casey Mangelo did the voices of uh, Scorbunny, Raboot, and Cinderace, like, the whole way through. Mm. And it's almost like night and day, just how each one is portrayed differently. Yeah. And with Cinderace, it just, I don't know where I was going with this. It's a good mixture of the first two, where, like, it it has the energy and sort of, like, positive vibe of score bunny but it's like much calmer and subdued of... in the way that reboot was yeah i don't know i guess because goes comfortable with leaving literally everybody with it <laughs> yeah that kind of shows just that amount of trust they've come to have with each other yeah it, it like truly that. does feel like his pokemon part so that's his pikachu yeah yeah for sure when we saw <laughs> the journey like he didn't he he wanted to catch every pokemon but he wasn't really trying to like train or battle with them um and he did more of any of that stuff with scorbunny at the at the start of his journey than with any any other pokemon you know now he's getting into it but that was he's like their growth way. together they like they figured out their path together it's unfortunate that sobble probably won't get that kind of partnership yeah but to see where it goes anyway maybe no more left turns <laughs> so we'll we'll see yeah, yeah, I don't know. Unless they make Intellion and uh, Cinderace like BFFs, like uh, like my original Shield Champion team. I had both. I had both of them. I cheated everybody. I had both. <laughs> Why pick one starter when you can have all of them? We haven't seen the third one yet. Um, uh, we have not seen Grookey. I don't think, unless Leon has one for some reason. Hmm. But uh, I don't know why that would have happened because Go. It's not like they chose their starters. Like Ash hasn't gotten a Galar starter. So either Ash is going to get it or Go's going to end up getting it as his third starter or something. I have a feeling it's it's probably going to be Go. That would be my guess, just based on what he's trying to do. Yeah. Ash don't catch squat. He do, he really doesn't catch very he much. Doesn't, no. He, and, I mean, and he a, hasn't for a long time, but especially That's true to show. form. <laughs> it's definitely true to form. He's just yeah. like, ah, oh, beat things with a stick. Yeah. Mm-mm. Remember when the beginning, when like he was trying to catch anything he crossed paths with? Not yeah. anymore. <laughs> and then th- that lasted what, like maybe six, seven, eight episodes tops. <laughs> and then it didn't yeah. really come back until next thing you know, you find out that he caught like a couple dozen tauros. Oh gosh! A few seasons later, well, and it's like, mm. yep. <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> Even as a child, I was like, what? He did what? <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, this entire rack is yours. Wait, what? Um. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anime universe. Yeah. I'm glad it makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to be the Pokemon master. Okay. Well, why aren't you catching anything? Yeah. Uh, things. Because <laughs> reasons. It's a good point about this this series, though. Like, they 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 sort of abandon the idea of pokemon master because there really is no definition of that right no like no one has ever said what that means so i like that this series has basically said ash wants to be the best at battling therefore he wants to battle the best and that's his way of being quote a master and then like go wants to catch everything and that's his way of being a master and like i like that it's sort of compartmentalized in that way you could throw in any other character in there right and sort of do a similar thing the best contest uh you know i don't know what contest trainers are called but <laughs> right. that or best breeder or best you know uh, nurse or best whatever uh, and those those could be your ways of mastering pokemon and the curious part is that i'm wondering if go's kind of setting him kind of the setup for an eventual run in with gary again 
Well, uh, he's in the, the intro. Opening, he is. Uh, that I was very surprised by that. And but um, the thing is, he, he looks, looks older. Exactly, he looks like blue as opposed to Gary Oak. And whereas Ash looks younger. Yeah. So I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah, how, how are we going to rectify this? <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do with that. But because, I cannot I mean, wait to find out. And Gary seemed a lot older last time we saw him. Uh, in which season was it? Anyway, the last time we saw Gary formally, mm-hmm. uh, when he had when he first showed that he had Evie and uh, his Evie and Ash's Pikachu fought, and I mean he already see personality wise he seemed worlds older then, but now we're going we're seeming like the the exterior is matching the interior now. Yeah, and so it. <sighs> I don't know. I'm I'm I can't wait to find out what they're gonna do with that though. Yes, 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 yes. If it's going to be sort of like the Alola episodes where they just sort of tap right back into what we're familiar with, or if they're going to take it in a totally different direction. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Will well, we get he... a smell you later? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. he's definitely come a long way from the cheerleaders. Oh, yes. Which I'm happy about. Yes. Uh, I, I never really thought that was funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> Even as a kid, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Gary is back. So I guess they were doing what they meant to, but. Uh, well cool i mean lots of stuff to look forward to i think these six episodes seed plenty of stuff that we know are going to be larger stories at least two big ones with farfetched and sobble Uh, but there's little stuff in there too characters we're hoping to come back Um, there are six more episodes available on netflix right now Um, folks listening to this may have already watched them i don't know you you, maybe already watched them i'm not sure um i haven't yet so next week uh i'll be i think next week either next week or the week after but i'm hoping for next week i don't want to wait too long um i'll be coming back with another guest uh co-host to talk about those six episodes of pokemon master journeys um but this has been fantastic lee i'm so glad that you were able to join me we got a lot of good conversation oh, out of yes this. thanks for having me <laughs> yeah i uh i really liked uh i really liked talking through these because um, you know, I'm I'm I have not been the best at keeping up with the anime. There's large, enormous chunks that I just didn't watch, um, right. and having somebody to be able to talk through them with is always helpful because it makes me appreciate it more. It makes me more motivated um, to sort of uh, keep up with it. So I appreciate you coming on. Uh, oh yeah, and chatting through all these. This is all stuff that I didn't even know I remembered, so that, that <laughs> that's actually a surprise to me, too. I'm, I never I'm know right if that's, like, boat. great or alarming, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool, my memory works. And then other times I'm like, wait, why is that taking up space? <laughs> wait. <laughs> Useless Pokemon fact number 99. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you would like to participate in the discussion of the next six episodes or even these six episodes, uh, please, my question for next time is of the 12 episodes that have been released, which episode of Pokemon Master Journeys has been your favorite so far? Uh, So I am talking specifically about just the dozen episodes that have been released here in English. Uh, Please don't spoil us uh, because this series has done a great job of storytelling um, and I don't want to know things before they happen if I can avoid it, I know sometimes it's hard. Um, but of these twelve, which have been your favorite, um, tweet your answers at Victory Road Pod, and your replies may be read on the podcast. Um, so uh, if that's your if that's your thing, let let us know. Again, thank you, uh, Lee. Everybody, thanks for joining me um, and Lee on this adventure along the Victory Road. Lee, if people want to find you or anything that you're working on, um, where would they do that, and what should they be looking for? Oh yeah. Um... 
most of the time I'm on Twitter and that's at pirate monkey. That's all one word pirate monkey ending in an I E rather than E Y. I'll be there talking about literally anything from destiny to star Wars to pro Pokemon. Sometimes Fortnite. what it, if it's nerdy and if I can rant about it, it'll probably be there. <laughs> so feel free to join me. Perfect. Well, if you like what I'm doing here on Victory Road, you can find more of my stuff on Twitter. My stuff, for any Survivor fans out there, um, of what I'm doing on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. Or you can listen to me on other podcasts uh, like Walloping Web Snappers, which is a Spider-Man cartoon podcast, Falling with Style, which is a monthly Pixar movie marathon podcast, and Novel Gaming, which is a podcast about books, video games, and other pop culture for information on this show specifically, be sure to find us on social media at Victory Road Pod, like I just mentioned. And if there's something in the world of Pokemon you know a whole lot about uh, and you'd like to appear on the podcast or just something you'd like for us to talk about, please let me know. Until next time, I'm headed back to the Pokemon Center to make some delicious curry but without whipped cream on the top. Uh, and I will talk to you next week or the week after. See ya. Bye. <laughs>